Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very humbled to be here to address an outstanding group of people. I would like you to know this, I'm not a very intelligent individual, but I have been 18, you have not been 52. I'm not going to preach to you, I'm not going to lecture to you, but in today's age, you can pick up the newspaper and read about crime and violence and thievery. It's really comforting me to be able to address a group of people who have really achieved outstanding success with hard work and effort. A lot of people tell you what Lou Holtz is, let me tell you what I'm not. Number one, I'm not a politician. I have no desire to be President of the United States and wake up and realize 31 million people did not want me. I'm not an athlete. During this entire eight minutes, I will not one time use the phrase, you know. I'm not a good student. I could not get into the University of Notre Dame when I graduated from high school. I did not think I was smart enough to go there, and I can understand that. What I cannot understand, though, is why they think I'm smart enough to teach there. I think that the <laughs> standard must be higher in order to be a teacher or to be a student. But I tell you this, and I firmly believe this in the bottom of my heart, that there's life isn't real complicated. You know, God gave us a lot of wonderful powers. He gave us the power to think, to love, to create, to imagine, to plan. The greatest power in this world he gave us is the power to choose. We choose whether we're going to act or procrastinate, believe or doubt, pray or curse, help or heal. We also choose whether we're going to succeed or fail. I think attitude is the most important thing in this world. I've been seeing so many athletes, I've seen people change their lives because of attitude. You've had tremendous success because somewhere along your line, in all probability in the home and the school, people have helped you to develop an outstanding attitude. All I've tried to do in coaching is mold an attitude for an individual that can go on and succeed in life. I do not believe that I coach football. I believe my mandate at the University of Notre Dame is not to win national championships. Our mandate at the University of Notre Dame is to prepare people for life. I tell our athletes there are certain things that you're going to have to be aware of as you go along in life. The first one is, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have adversity. I'm sure you've encountered some, but you're going to have all types of adversity during your life, and that's part of life. I've never known a single individual that has ever achieved success that did not have to get up off the ground to overcome adversity. You've had some of the most outstanding people that this world has ever produced on this podium and address you. And I venture to say not many of them have talked about adversity. You can rest assured of one thing. You are going to get knocked down, but what separates a winner and the achiever from the individual that's very, very mediocre is a winner will always get up. I've been on top, I've been on bottom, I'll be both places again. When I was at Arkansas, we beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. They made a commemorative stamp honoring Lou Holtz. That impressed me. And then the next year, we lost to Texas. They had to do away with the stamp. Uh, <laughs> people kept spitting on the wrong side of it. You know, you just <laughs> go along and, hey, that's all part of life. But you are going to have adversity, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to tell you one of the great experiences I've had was at the University of Notre Dame right in that football stadium. And it wasn't where a contest was played. It was where Notre Dame hosted International Special Olympics. There were 6,000 Special Olympians, people from all over the world, people with spina bifida, cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, people that had every reason in this world to be down and be discouraged. But all they wanted to do was love and to be loved. And I thought to myself, in this great country, with the wonderful health we have and with the opportunities we have, how in the world people can ever get down hard or discouraged because somebody doesn't say hello to them or because they're in the back of the room or their picture's not in the paper. Yes, you're going to have adversity. The second thing that I think is exceptionally important in life is to have a sense of purpose. I think you have to have a sense of purpose in what you're going to do. And Peter Ubroff made this comment at my son's graduation at Notre Dame. He said, you can do anything in this world if enough people care. We will graduate from the University of Notre Dame, our athletes, if they care. 
We will win at Notre Dame if enough people care. But you generally have to care and not just go through the motions. Preceding individual, Mr. Moore, I believe, was talked about doing things. In 1966, when my wife was eight months pregnant with our third child, and we had spent every cent we had in the bank for a down payment on the home, I had gone there under Marvin Bass, and he resigned, and the new coach did not retain me. It was at that time when I was unemployed and down and really discouraged, and I can honestly thank my wife because she's been the most positive influence in my entire life, make no mistake about it. But she bought me a book, The Magic of Thinking Big, by David Schwartz. She's a very, very special person. But she bought me a book. Instead of complaining, she bought me a book and encouraged me. He talked about having dreams and goals, and he said, if you don't have a burning desire to get up in the morning and go do things, he said, you just don't have any dreams or any hopes. So he asked me to sit down, or in the book, he said, write down all the things you want to do. And I sat down, and I started to write all the things I wanted to do. Man, some of them were crazy. I want to go to the White House for dinner, be on the Tonight Show, see the Pope, land on an aircraft carrier, jump out of an airplane, go on a submarine, coach in Notre Dame, win the national championship, make a home one, play the greatest golf course in the world, be a millionaire, see our children graduate. Man, the list went on. I go to my wife. I'm so proud. I said, honey, look, there's 107 of these suckers. <laughs> I said, we're going to do every one of them. She said, gee, that's great. She said, why don't you get a job? So, <laughs> so we... Uh, We made it 108, but uh, the, the point I say this, it, it's a present time we have done 89. I am 52 years of age, and last July 28th, I went up to Pow Pow, Michigan, took instructions, jumped out of an airplane from 10,000 feet, free fell 5,000 feet before I pulled the chute. And I tell our athletes is, sit down and decide what you want to do. Don't be a spectator in life, be a participant in life. You don't set these goals and say, I overcame fear, I'm better than this person, I did this, they did. You do it so you can experience things, and I don't mind telling you. This morning I had a tremendous experience. I had to come in from Mackinac Island on a private plane, and just as we took off and it was foggy, you can take off without any visibility, but you cannot land, and no sooner did we take off than the right front door came open. We could not go back, we could not land. I want to tell you, that was a thrill, but you're going to have things like that. But no sooner, and they, they, we ended up having to get the thing closed in a different way. But in any event, never once do I go up in an airplane. I'm not 10,000 feet. I don't think about jumping out of that airplane or watching a film on a submarine and think about the time you went on a submarine. Do things. But I want to give you one key word on a sense of purpose, and that word's win. And win stands for what's important now. I guess it was three years ago a young man came in to me. He was a son of a friend. He was not an athlete. He was a student at Notre Dame and just flunked out. He said, Coach, I've got to sit out for a semester, and then they're going to let me back in for one last chance. He said, can you help me? I said, I can give you some advice. And I took a card, and I wrote the word WIN. And WIN stands for what's important now. I said, you put that by your bed, and you read it in the morning, you read it at night. You want to graduate from Notre Dame? Don't think about it. Just do what's important now. Make sure you get up in the morning, go to class, dress properly, sit in the front row, make your adequately prepared, and take the right attitude. He came to see me about a month ago. He had graduated from the University of Notre Dame, and he said he read that thing every single day. If you don't do that, all you do is have a wish list. But the last thing, ladies and gentlemen, why people have to have a good attitude, and the most important thing is self-image. Do you realize 95% of the people do not believe they have as much talent or ability as other people? I used to have a very, very poor self-image. I used to be insanely jealous of my wife. Never once my wife gave me reason to be jealous of her. Problem wasn't with my wife, problem was with me. Every time I looked at another man, he was better built and more intelligent and had done some great things and more articulate and didn't speak with a lisp and didn't wear glasses. And 
and always think, gee, why wouldn't my wife rather be with them? See, it's a terrible way to go through life, and when you have a tendency to do that, you're always trying to pull other people down. Study people. Observe people. You'll find that the negative people are always complaining about everybody and everything. The people that deep down inside do not like themselves. And it isn't looks, it isn't intelligence. When we beat Southern Cal two years ago, we went to Disneyland. They took a picture of our captains with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. They took a picture of Lou Holtz with Pluto and Goofy. It's a true story. Which, paper, which picture appeared in the L.A. Times the next day? The picture of Lou Holtz with Pluto and Goofy, which did not bother me. But it does bother your self-image somewhat when the caption under the picture said Lou Holtz is the one in the middle. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not an intelligent individual. I'm just a simple individual that has been very, very fortunate. But I want to give you three simple questions everybody's going to ask you all your life. Question everybody's going to ask is, can I trust you? Your spouse is going to ask that. Your teacher is going to ask that. Your friends are going to ask that. Your children are going to ask you. Can I trust you? That's the first question everybody asks. The only way I know you generate trust is just if you do what's right. Whenever you're in doubt about a decision to make, just say, hey, what's the right thing to do? And if you have any doubt about the difference between right and wrong, get out the Bible. I have a strong, very, very strong faith in God. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future, ladies and gentlemen. The second question everybody's going to ask, are you committed to excellence? Do you really want to be good? Every teacher's going to ask, every spouse, etc. The only way I know how to answer that question is do the best you can in everything you do. You can have all the slogans you want. You can put it on your forehead, first will be best, then will be first, etc. But you send the message whether you're committed to excellence by how well prepared you are for everything you do and how much pride you have in what you try to undertake. The last question everybody in this world is going to ask the rest of your life is the most important question. Do you care about me? Do you care about me as a person? Do you care about me as an individual? Ladies and gentlemen, I'll leave you with this story, and it's a true story. If you want to know why Notre Dame had success, don't look at coaching. Don't look at talent. Should have been with our football team on January the 18th, 1989, when our entire football team migrated to Washington, D.C. to visit President Reagan in the Rose Garden two days before he left office to celebrate our national championship. President Reagan spoke to every member of our football player individually, and we had an opportunity to take a cameraman, so every player got a picture of himself with President Reagan. Our team flew back to South Bend. I remained in Washington because I was going to be on a TV special for President-elect Bush the next day. I said to my wife when I went to bed, I said, I don't think I've ever seen a football team that happy. What a thrill to win the national championship and to be with the president. And that night, I received a phone call from Father Tyson, the Vice President of Notre Dame. In the middle of the night, he called me to inform me that Bobby Satterfield, one of our football players, had died suddenly. An autopsy revealed he died of a congenital heart defect. I flew back to South Bend immediately, and we had a football meeting. I think there are two things a man should never be ashamed to do. I don't think he should ever be ashamed to say, I love you, to another man. And I don't think he ever ought to be ashamed to cry at a time of sorrow. Our football team was really in great remorse at that time. You cannot tell Bobby Satterfield was a senior or freshman by the way our players mourned his loss. You couldn't tell if Bobby Satterfield was white or black. You cannot tell if Bobby Satterfield was Catholic or Protestant. Now, Bobby Satterfield wasn't our captain. He wasn't first team. He wasn't All-American. He was third team, but he was a member of our family, and we loved each other. When you get love and you get a strong feeling, great things are going to happen. And they started saying all the good things about Bobby Satterfield. And the one thing I said to our squad, 
is why didn't we tell this to Bobby Satterfield two days ago? Why do we wait till now? And we made a vow that we we're going to let people know that we love them, whether it be our children, etc. Sometimes we will treat total strangers with great reverence, with great patience. A waiter may spill something on us we don't get upset, and yet we don't show that same patience and love to the people we live with, the people we genuinely care about. And it's a shame sometimes when we treat total strangers better than we do our loved ones. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I firmly believe this. If you do what's right, do the best you can, and treat other people as you like to be treated, you will have adversity, but you will experience the greater thrills this world has to offer. I come here very humbly. You have far more intelligent and distinguished people. I have no idea why I was selected. I can only say I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much.